took my jail issued mat and brought it as far as I could up the cell block to the very last cell, which was the closest to the guard station. I was furthest I could possibly be away from safety. When I was a little bit younger, yeah, I started to have thoughts about ending my life. I didn't even have the word for it. That's how sheltered I was. Hey there, and welcome to Grit True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, and also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories. Grit stories. New episodes are released every Friday, and we are now in the middle of season number three, dedicated to grit talks and the best of, and today we have two stories from the best of the Mental Health Happyish Hour, which is an open mic we've had since the end of 2020. Today our storytellers are Jeremy Credlow, who lives out in Washington, and Anna Varela, who lives in Colorado. As always, check the show notes for ways in which you can support the podcast, attend one of our events or workshops, And a favor, if you listen on Apple, please rate and review this podcast. It really helps people find it. And we want people to find it. And a special thank you to everybody who has joined us here on the podcast or who listens. We really, really appreciate you joining us, you participating in everything we do, and your support. Thank you. Okay, Jeremy and Anna, let's dive in. It's been four long, painful years of Trump, riddled with anxiety. There have been this, the incessant tweets, the barrage of human rights atrocities, and this pervasive feeling of impending doom throughout the past four years. And my anxiety has gotten more and more pronounced throughout this term, but coupled with that, there has been this very strange sense of deja vu, this feeling that somehow, somewhere in my life, I've been through some shit like this before and I just can't put my finger on when. And it came to me as I was talking with a group of my storytelling friends. It was 2001, I was in jail again for an alcohol-related offense, again. It wasn't this bad, that bad this time. I was in jail for public indecency and public intoxication for urinating on a police vehicle, which I figured at some point would make for a great story, but not one that I was willing to tell yet. It wasn't that bad because I was doing weekends. You see, Where I was at in Northwest Indiana, they had this system that they had put in place where if you were gainfully employed, they would allow you to plea bargain down and only spend your weekends in jail so that you can maintain your employment. And that would allow you to pay your debt to society and more importantly, pay your debt to the county coffers. Kind of a win-win. It was my third weekend in, and I was heading into the county jail. 
And I was making the rounds to see who else was in. One of the things that I learned about doing jail time was that it was important to know who you were around and who it was that you knew in the cell block. I'd been through all five of the cells down the long corridor to the common room, and I didn't see a person that I recognized. But there in the common room was a man sitting at a table with his face in his hands. I didn't recognize him. Even though I couldn't see his face, I knew I would have because of his sheer size. He had to be 350 pounds of solid muscle, just filling out his orange jumpsuit. And even though all I could see was the blonde crew cut, I knew that I had never seen this man before. I sat down at the table, introduced myself. He looked up at me and I could tell that he had been crying or close to tears. And while I hadn't made a lot of good life decisions up until that point, I knew better than to mention that to him in that moment. Instead, I went ahead and told him about my experience with law enforcement and my reckless disregard and disrespect of the local constabulary, which ended up in him finally cracking a smile and letting out a little laugh. And I asked him what he was in for, and his face fell. In a thick Russian accent, he told me that he was a truck driver, and he and his best friend would ride the rig together, going from state to state on jobs, one of them driving and the other one sleeping so that they could make more money. And then a couple of weeks ago, after a particularly large payday, they just decided to spend a couple of thousand dollars on cocaine. And then continuing to drive from state to state, they went on a week-long binge doing blow. And finally, at the end of it, he asked his buddy to cut him up a couple of lines. And his friend told him that they were all out, that they had used up the last of it. And so, he said, in his accent, I took out my knife and I stabbed him in the chest twice and killed him. And I talked to him for a little while. And I found a way to politely disengage from the conversation. And I took my jail-issued mat and brought it as far as I could up the cell block to the very last cell, which was the closest to the guard station. Because I realized in that moment that I was the furthest I could possibly be away from safety. That this man, with his admitted temper that had caused him to kill his best friend over drugs was probably easily capable of killing me with his bare hands. And that even if the guards gave a shit about that and reacted instantly, there was a good chance that if I said or did the wrong thing, they would not get there in time to do anything. For the next 47 hours, I was locked in a cage with a self-proclaimed murderer and I realized that there was nothing that I could do if he chose to target me, except do my best to vie for time and hope that someone came to my rescue. Sunday evening, when the cell doors finally swung open and the guards started calling out the names of the weekenders who were getting released, I was the first one in line ready to leave. I gave my newfound friend a polite nod just in case he was there the next weekend. 
and I shuffled out the door with a huge sigh of relief. I realized, talking to my storyteller friends, that the level of anxiety that I was feeling stuck in that jail cell with this man is the same type of anxiety I've been feeling over the past four years with this batshit crazy administration just pushing the envelope and me not knowing what's going to happen the next time a tweet blasts through from Twitter. And I cannot wait for that cell door to open on January 21st. That story was by Jeremy Credlow. Jeremy lives out in the great state of Washington. Thank you, Jeremy. Next up, Ms. Anna Varela. Anna lives out in Colorado. Enjoy. I feel like ever since I was a kid, there was always kind of that ideation, right? Um, There was always like that feeling of like, yeah, but like, is there an unplug? Is there an off switch that anyone has access to? And obviously I was raised in like a really Catholic household. Um, My parents are a little bit older than the average gap, if you will. And so I wasn't really privy to like mental health issues in the first place. So when I was a little bit younger, yeah, I started to have thoughts about like ending my life, but it was, I didn't even have the word for it. That's how sheltered I was. Um, and it kind of makes you realize like everyone has this kind of little dark Nancy, the hamster, negative Nancy, the hamster rolling around that she takes over the wheel sometimes. Um, and if you don't have the right tools to get her off that wheel, that's pretty intense, right? She can, you know, just totally take over your mindset. And so since I was little and I found a book, a book on depression, that's how I found out about it. And I was going through and going, oh my gosh. I'm depressed, you know, and it's very calm and whatever. And so I was like 11 or 12 being like, there shit, there I am. And so, um, my whole life that I can remember, I've, I've always been going through kind of mental hacks, right? I've tried meditation. I've tried guided and not guided mental. uh, What is it? Mindfulness. I've tried yoga. I've realigned my chakras when I was in college. I tried Reiki. Um, You know, I tried purging. You know, that's when you physically, before you meditate, you literally throw up so that your whole body's in shock and you're like, ah, this is great. And then I've tried detox things where you're like only eating things that, you know, could potentially be improving your mental state. I've tried ayahuasca, San Pedro. I've dropped tons of acid and I've done like heavy bong rips that kind that make you, you know, mentally question everything you've ever done. I've done everything possible um, that, that I feel like doesn't harm me in any way to, to try to fix Nancy, the hamster. Do you know what I mean? But she's a she's a difficult hamster to catch. She's nippy. She's mean and aggressive. Everyone has her. Some of some of you have her. She's maybe a little obese. She's just chilling there. She's like having little snacks and she's happy. She's like not bothering anybody. But some of you have hungry Nancy the hamsters like I do. It's just a huge part of our existence. The boom, if you will, for this one, I'm, I'm going to pre-boom it. And that's you all for me. I want you to know that throughout my life, the only thing that has been consistent, consistently able to affect my mental health immediately is a good conversation. It's the, it's a good story. It's the kind of story that grabs the end of your neurons the same way. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the way you clean 
um, metal connections, you grab a scraper and you really scrape off any corrosion and dirt and grime. That's what a good conversation is. That's what, you know, listening to someone that has a different perspective from you. That's why some of my best friends are Trump supporters. Some of my best friends are people that have totally different views than I. They're totally different ages. They're totally from totally different backgrounds than I am. Uh, Or, you know, you can find those conversations from the crazy guy on the street, the crazy lady that sits next to you on the bus. I used to take the bus to work every day on purpose so that I could talk to a crazy person. And I'm, I'm one of those people, right? So if you sat down next to me, you'd be like, oh my God, she won't shut up. Like I'm one of the crazy people, but I know that, that that's the way I got my coffee. That's the way I got my Xanax. That's the way I got my, do you know, whatever it is that you're taking. I think that you can actually agree that maybe a good conversation does that for you regardless. And so I wanted to bring up in a short and sweet kind of way that you guys are my crazies right now. I don't get to go on the bus. I don't get to go on the street. I love popping into this. And I love that throughout this whole crazy period of the move, when there were times where you sit there and you go, oh my gosh, I have this new house and not a single one of my friends has come by because, you know, COVID, because they're busy, because, oh, I have a migraine, because I get it. But all these things, like all these steps that you build up to, you think, oh my gosh, I won't ever be sad again. I'll buy a house. Boom. Now you're alone. Like it's such a crazy thing to know that no matter what, a good, phenomenal conversation since I was 12, since I first picked up that depression book since, since, you know, and now I'm 25, 26th in January. So don't judge me. It's always been the kind of conversations that you finish up, the kind of stories that you listen to and they kind of make you feel human and connected. So thank you all for being my boom. Boom. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Jeremy out in Washington and Anna in Colorado. Thank you both. Check the show notes for upcoming stuff, including workshops and or events in the month of January. And if you listen on Apple, please rate and review this podcast. It really helps people find it. Thanks so much for that. That is all for episode number 66. Like Anna said, boom.